0: resistance burnout procrastination sleepless nights stress and painful hard work fatigued from running on the high achiever hamster wheel this is the bold leadership revolution where we develop high-performing leaders to live thrive and lead bold and smart not hard here is your host tara newman
1: Hey, hey there, bold leaders. Welcome to the Bold Leadership Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Tara Newman, and I am the leader of leaders. Yes, I am. My team has just recently updated my Instagram profile and has put my title as leader of leaders, and I've decided that I am going to own that. Plus, it sounds a very Daenerys Targaryen, like mother of dragon-ish. So I'm cool with all badass women. Here at the Bold Leadership Revolution HQ, we're interested in one thing. We show high achieving visionary leaders how to perform better so they can be more while simultaneously doing radically less than ever before. Sounds good, right? Except we don't work with any high achieving leaders. Our leaders are pretty freaking rad because they are seeking something that the large majority feels is mythical. I refer to it as the holy grail of leadership, and only the boldest of leaders have the courage to seek it. It's called balance. When everyone else in the world will tell you that balance is bullshit, there is a glimmer of hope in the eyes of bold leaders everywhere at the thought of its mere existence. Balance is so magical because it only exists if you believe it exists, kind of like Santa Claus. If you're thinking to yourself, Tara, where or where do I find this mythical and magical thing called balance? This podcast is for you. And here's a hint. Balance lives in the land of self-care. This talk on self-care comes with a warning label. I have some pretty strong opinions on the topic and it is not the first time we've talked about self-care. It's not going to be, it most certainly will not be the last time we talk about self-care and not just self-care because we've somehow managed to trivialize self-care over the last few, few years. We're talking about deep rest and restoration and recovery, the recovery needed for leaders to have the endurance they need to have the impact that they want. If you are one of my magical leaders who is on a quest for balance, this podcast is most certainly for you. If you're someone who is willing to look at balance through a different perspective, maybe you don't quite believe it exists. This podcast is for you. If you're a leader who is so entrenched in your doing and ingrained in your belief that success needs to be hard or you're addicted to the trifecta of work, worry, and being worn out, come back here when you're struggling to get out of bed in the morning or can barely stand in the shower or face planting on your desk at 10 and 3 p.m. religiously because I've been there and it sucks. But sometimes you need to have that breakdown moment before we're more receptive to seeing and hearing things through a different perspective. So if you're immediately feeling shut down to this conversation, it's okay to... Press stop and go on to another episode or go on to someone else's podcast and come back here when you may really be more open to hearing what we're saying today. Before we dive in, I want to share with you that I'm a realist. I understand the challenges we all face. I'm a mom, a wife, a friend, a child, a business owner who is solely responsible for their own income. I'm a type A, uber-driven, and ambitious woman. I'm also an introvert, and I crave balance pretty hardcore. I'm well aware that the scales will never tip out perfectly equal. However, I do believe that I get to redefine what balance looks like for me and my family. I get to hold the possibility of balance for all my clients who seek it. I know that balance lives in the land of self-care, radical intentionality, and deep discernment. I know that balance lives in the land of boundaries and non-negotiables. This is why self-care is so important. It's the pathway to balance and white space leaders are so desperately seeking. So let me tell you what self-care really is, because as leaders, as people who hold tremendous influence, we need to do better here. And it's not our fault. We have never been taught how to truly care for ourselves, especially as leaders who are here to serve others. Corporations will develop leadership skills like communication, hiring, and negotiation, but nobody teaches endurance and longevity. As small business owners, we will develop our sales skills and our marketing ability, but we are not spending enough time truly understanding how to care for ourselves in an overloaded, overstimulated, overworked, overconsumed landscape because it's hard. It requires us to fight against societal norms, to rethink our values, and to reprogram the way we have been conditioned for decades and centuries even. There's research out there going back. I've been reading books, and they're talking about the industrial revolution and when people were farming. And you know what? They were working pretty dang hard themselves too. And so this is really going back for centuries. It's the reason why we formed labor unions in the United States, because people were being overworked. So I've really gained some new perspective myself on this, that this isn't just something that's happening in the digital revolution, that this has happened in the industrial revolution and even earlier in our our country, as well as probably in other countries as well. The books that I've specifically read, uh, Margin by Richard Swenson, And uh, the book called Rest, and at this moment I'm blanking on the author, but they are talking about how this is a century old dilemma. I appreciate that we are talking more about this topic now than ever before, but I loathe that we have some overgeneralized ways of looking at self-care and that they've pretty much been boiled down to go for massages and get manicures especially for women. Maybe, maybe men are hearing a different message, but I think women leaders are hearing this message. And I'm not saying that these things are not a part of self-care, but they're not the only part of self-care. And it misses the point and creates barriers around something quite simple. We start having the wrong conversation when we're talking about massages and manicures. We wind up overcoming objections around cost and time and guilt and indulgence that really shouldn't even be entering the conversation on how we care for ourselves as leaders. So if self-care isn't Manny's petties and an endless schedule of spa days, what is it? I want to give you three ways you can look at self-care so it makes it more attainable and leads you closer to that place of balance. So the first area that I want to talk about is energy management. The most critical thing a leader manages is his or her energy. Maintaining and cultivating greater energy is about your power as a leader. What makes you feel in your power as a human being? What gives you mental resiliency faith, physical strength as a leader, what feeds your soul and fuels your passion. Do more of that always. Eliminate, as in give a hard no to anything or anyone who drains you of your greatest resource, which is your energy. Eliminate, load, or drain by reducing problems, obligations, and expectations. In the book Margin, written by Richard Swenson, he talks about how we have this problem of marginless living. This is an imbalanced life, frenzy, chaos, spinning, however you want to look at it. These are some of the words that I hear people today using, frenetic, frantic, using to describe life today in this, this marginless living. And he gives an equation for restoring margin. And it's an energetic equation because he talks about power, minus load equals margin. It's simple and it's brilliant and will establish a sense of balance in your life. So if you look at what brings you power, puts you in your power as a leader, do more of that. Be a hard no for things that equate to load, problems, obligations, expectations, things that drain your energy, and then you will have more margin. The other area that I want to talk about is thriving. In season one, episode six, I talk about being uh, in survival mode thinking. Survival mode and scarcity doesn't lead itself to self-care and balance. It actually leads to the trifecta of worry, workaholism, and feelings of being worn out. And I'm a firm believer in fighting survival mode. Survival mode thinking is the one thing that absolutely destroyed our first business, which I've talked about in other episodes on this podcast, but we had a business. We spent five years in the worst financial fight of our lives before going bankrupt. And when we look back at that time and do a debrief, at you know, what went well, what didn't go well, what could we have proved, what was within our control, what wasn't within our control, this thing of called survival mode thinking was 100% in our control and also very responsible for the demise of this business and the demise of our financial situation. So I'm a firm believer in fighting survival mode thinking with thriving. My clients are encouraged to keep a clear list of the things they need to thrive in their lives and businesses. If it's on the list, you get a green light. Spend time, spend money, spend energy here. And if it's not on the list, it gets a red light. Eliminate it ruthlessly. Get it out of your your field of vision, and your view. And when you start to align more with thriving, you are taking much better care of yourself and you are finding balance. The third area that I want to talk about is love. Self-care in any given moment can often be boiled down to one question. What is the most loving thing I can do for myself right now in this moment? We are so trapped in the past and so so anxious about the future that we often forget to snap ourselves into our present moment. And what is the most loving thing I can do for myself in this moment? And then you get to decide what that is. Maybe it is a massage. Massages are fantastic for calming the nervous system. Often something that needs to be addressed in leaders and entrepreneurs is their nervous system. So I'm not anti-massage. I'm actually very much pro-massage. I'm just anti-looking at self-care as spa days, pedicures, and manicures because I feel like that trivializes the message tremendously. So maybe it is a massage, or maybe it's as simple as putting your toes in the grass, or maybe a hug from the person you love because sometimes a massage isn't always accessible to us. It could be too much time away. We might need a babysitter if we are a working parent. we might not have access to those kinds of funds. And I think that when we talk about that, we make self care inaccessible to people. But putting your toes in the grass and hugging people you love is 100% accessible, costs nothing, and takes almost zero time. As CEOs and high level executives, and this includes uh, your role as a parent. We are compensated and rewarded not for our doing, but for our ability to manage our energy. I want you all to really think about that. As a CEO, a small business owner, a high level executive, a parent, we are compensated and rewarded not for our doing, but for our our ability to manage our energy when we manage our energy, we do the things that CEOs do, like tap into our intuition and apply sound judgment. As CEOs, as parents, as executives, we are the deciders. But we can't decide if we're constantly and chronically fatigued. We can't apply sound judgment if we're constantly and chronically fatigued and forget even tapping into our intuition because when we are that overloaded, we often don't trust our intuition. How do you think you hone those skills? How good is your judgment when you're worn out? Can you hear your intuition when you're over-consuming and in the trenches with all the noise? How certain are you in the decisions you make when you're under duress? A dear friend of mine asked a good question the other day. She asked, where does self-care stop and self-indulgence start? I think that's probably a common question that people ask themselves. She followed up with, at what point have you slowed down so much that you need to speed back up? I smiled, I listened, and I refrained from jumping in with my thoughts. I wanted to hear more. And she got a little tongue tied and she said, how do I know when I need to slow down? And then thought out loud, I'm not doing a great job at articulating this. And I'm still listening and I'm still smiling because she's actually doing a great job at articulating her fear, right? That if you slow down, you'll never speed back up again. That there's a dichotomy here. That it's either self-care or self-indulgence. It's either work or rest, when work and rest are two sides of the same coin. It's not either I work or I rest, it's I work and I rest. There's an and there, it is both. So after listening to her processing her her ideas, she ends up answering her own question, which most people do. And she says, I guess it always comes back to self-trust. And I thought it was brilliant. Yes, yes, it does come back to self-trust. If you have the intention to slow down so you can speed up, that's what will happen. If you have the intention to deeply care for yourself without making it a big deal, that's what will happen. If you believe self-care is lazy and self-indulgent, then that is what will happen. I would love for you to share any insights or ahas from this podcast with me. The very best way to do that is to head on over to the gram. Yes, Instagram. I want you to go there. I want you to snap a picture of yourself. I want to. I want you to post it up. I want you to tag me. I'm at the Tara Newman and tell me what your ahas or insights were from this podcast. And hey, if you're not following me over there on Instagram, why the heck not? in an effort to best use my power and energy I'm solely hanging out on Instagram against all the other advice of all the other people of be everywhere I'm hanging out only on one social channel but man I'm killing it over there I show up daily on Insta stories for your education and sometimes for your entertainment lots of day to day behind the scenes stuff mixed with useful information so go on over there and tag me or even better, DM me and say, hey. Now, if you are a female leader, my apologies to the guys, I love my male clients, but this one is just for the ladies. If you are a female leader and you're looking for some mentoring around all things leadership, business, and performance, including how you can up your self-care game, I want you to check out the Brave Society. The Brave Society is a virtual society for business owners like you who want to connect with bold, resilient, abundant, value-driven, and endurable Leaders. And hey, we all need some self care and some rest and some self love in order to be endurable leaders. This community is filled with business owners across a variety of industries who know that the person who helps the most wins. We are here for three reasons in the Brave Society to build meaning relationships with an army of women who have real, credible, and valuable business acumen. This isn't for a tit-for-tat networking group where it's a referral pitch fest. We are here to help you continually develop yourself as a leader through high-quality educational resources to help you become better CEOs. And we're here to become leaders who develop more leaders in the world. That means we develop people in our families, our friends, our community, our team, you name it. The Brave Society is a place where you can plug into the relationships you need to hire the most qualified people, find meaningful collaborations, and offer your services to those who would benefit the most. The Brave Society hosts quarterly book clubs. As a matter of fact, the next one is dealing with the importance of taking care of yourself as a leader. We are working on the book Essentialism throughout the month of September and into the beginning of October. We have robust panel discussions on relevant topics to help you grow yourself and your business. Bi-weekly CEO debriefs where I take you behind the scenes in my life and business, where you can see what's working, what's not working, and key decisions that I'm making. If you're curious to know if you're a fit for this community, head on over to the show notes to learn more. For a full transcript of this episode, go to theboldleadershiprevolution.com. If you have found this podcast valuable please share it with your friends, colleagues, and other bold leaders. Also, if you haven't done so already, please leave a review. I consider reviews podcast currency, and it's a fair, equitable exchange for you listening and me showing up week after week to give you this amazing content. And it's the one thing you can do to help us find other people who are bold leaders. We would be incredibly grateful for it. Special thanks goes to Stacey Harris of The Stacey Harris, who is the producer and editor of this podcast. Go check them out for all your digital marketing and content creation needs. Be sure you tune into our next episode to help you embrace your ambition and leave the grind behind.
0: Thank you for tuning in to the Bold Leadership Revolution podcast. This episode has ended, but our work continues online. Head over to theboldleadershiprevolution.com, where you'll find links to any resources mentioned in today's episode, along with other valuable tips and information that will help you lead bold. That's theboldleadershiprevolution.com.